Oh, we're live. Oh, we're live. We've had a great kickoff already, boys. This is a world first. Thank you, Rob and Fab, for inviting me down to your podcast to do a podcast on my podcast. So, welcome to my podcast, boys. Thank you. Uh, thank you for coming and thank you for having us on this your podcast. This is groundbreaking. It's never been done before. Guys, this is David Roberts' um, replacement. Um, you guys have, on the comments, have been very nasty towards him and we said, fuck him, and we got rid of him. And uh, we, I don't know where he is. We listened to, our, we, we listened to the viewers. Yeah, we got rid of him. So we got real microphones and a real sound guy. <laughs> All right, boys, let's kick things off because the reason why I love Grange TV so much is the banter between you two boys because you've got such a great relationship. And the first question I had was, yeah, how did you guys actually first meet? Um, do you want to kick it off? No, oh, there you go. Well, um, I, I, I guess I went through the, the Ultimate Fighter house um, and I, I met a guy named Manny, Manny Rodriguez. And uh, we were we were enemies up until we got in there, and then when we got in there, we became we became friends and quite close. And then um, after after the house, he invited me to his gym at TP at the time yeah. with uh, with Treco and Alex, um, just to just to do some sessions. And um, Fab was was teaching down there at the, at the time, and I just came in and did a couple of wrestling sessions, and that's kind of where our, our relationship kick started, yep. if if you will. But um, in saying that though. Fab would be better with me because, like I told you before, my memory is absolutely rubbish. <laughs> Fab, Fab has, uh, has been in the scene for a long time. Yeah. We ran into each other for many, many, many years before that. Oh, very briefly, but um, he was training at, at PMA at the time with uh, Henry. But there were, there were times where like, I'd be at the back with, other, with, with um, another, another fighter was uh, Patrice in pain. Yeah, who you know yeah my, my family friend. Yeah, and uh, we were at the back and I think Rob was doing his, um, they were both debuting on that on that card, I think, or, or their second fights, but it was, it was something like that, and we just bumped into each other there. But um, we only started, we started working together probably six, six years ago. Okay. Um, but again, look, he was predominantly working with uh, Alex and Treco and um, Henry at the time, and I, I, was, I was just running some classes at, at, the, at the gym. I had a mat for years and years in, at a different place, um, and I, I stopped coaching then. I was just coaching with, with Alex and Treco at that gym. And then, um, yeah, we just started working like a little bit more. And then we started doing, a, you know, a session here, an extra session here and there. And, and just, yeah. So. So, someone said to, to Fab, hey, why don't you help this kid out? This young, this young up and coming kid yeah. with his wrestling because he's about to fight a wrestler for the title. And Fab's like, nah, no way. Well, so you wanted nothing, no, 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 want no, nothing no. to do with well, Rob. Is that what you're trying to say? He wasn't the champ at the time, so you didn't want to jump on no, the wagon. No, no, no. And I got mauled for five rounds. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got mauled and just, just uh, ragdolled. No, you got rounds. to say for yourself. What happened, what happened was he was, he was training. No and money that, to be made at no, the time. No, there was nothing. And I'm an opportunist at best of times. No, he... He was training and somebody came up to me and they, I can't even remember who it was and they said, oh, you should train with, uh, you should train Rob, da, da, da. and I was like, he can train, because I, I had the mat at Miller at the time. And we had a really good, you know, for Australian for the time, we had a really good uh, wrestling mat. And um, I said, yeah, well, you know, and anyone would come, everyone would come and just wrestle there and, and go home, you know what I mean? Like, it didn't matter which, where you trained, uh, other than, like, you were wrestling with us. Yeah. And, um... But they were telling me how his family was so rich and they would fly in people for him. And, <laughs> and that's what they were saying to me. And I was like, well, good luck to you. You know what I mean? I, 
You know, he's, so he's, you thought he was a show party. Well, they, they told me his his dad would fly in people, and that his his dad managed him, and that his his dad owned a glass factory, and uh, blah 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 blah. And one time when I met him, yeah. I, was, I was talking to him. I thought this guy's a nice guy. His dad, you know, Jack, because they, they made it sound like he was this dude. And then I asked him about the the thing. And he goes, he works for O'Brien's, and I thought, oh, okay, he works for. He owns the O'Brien's franchise because that's what they told me. <laughs> and they, they, he had a house on the water and he was flying in wrestlers and this and that to, to fight Jesse Juarez. And then when I when when I saw the match against him and Jesse Juarez, I thought, fuck, this guy should get his money back from <laughs> the people he's been paying to teach him how to wrestle. And uh, and then yeah, that that was that was it. That's that's uh, not not because of any reason. I thought. They they just said to me he's he, he was flying people in. I, I'm not the kind of person that is going to um, go up to someone and say hey, you should train with us. If anything, I, w- I like to keep a group small. So yeah. I was never going to go and approach someone and go oh, please come and train with us. You yeah. know what I mean? Let me just clarify. I was not flying in anyone. I was I, I, I lived in the housing commission down at six oh one. So what are you doing busting people in? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so I was I was at the bus stop like looking for <laughs> there was a wrestle and matches boys anyone. <laughs> Right, no. But you have a unique chemistry, boys. Like, even once you got together, how many years before, even months, days, before you guys you know, became really good friends? I wasn't aware we were, but... <laughs> <laughs> he likes introducing you as the Rob Whittaker, the good guy. Is that what you call him? He is a solid guy, isn't he? He's a, I'm a great guy. <laughs> I'm a great guy. There's not many raps at the start. You have kind of changed that a little bit, Fab. Well, what should I do, you think? Maybe not. Good father or something? More titles. More titles. Good father. Mediocre is it, is it guy. Is Fab beat you at a sprint race? Fucking many times. Many times. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why am I a mediocre gardener? Because you... Did you hire someone? Like, no, no. Did you do it yourself? In, in no. the history of our relationship, there has only been one plant ever brought in. And what happened to that plant, Fab? No, no. What happened? This is what happened. What happened to that plant? So you gardener. killed his plant. I, I, no, my, my plant didn't die, man. No, you killed your own plant. My plant didn't die. The dog ate my plant. He didn't fuck it. I didn't kill it. What about the dog ate the plant? It was a cactus. It was a cactus. <laughs> and uh, I had my, my wife bought a dog. And uh, well, she, we bought the dog, but she wanted that particular dog. Yeah. And the dog had no respect for the cactus <laughs> and ate it. Did it die? Nah, did nothing to it. This was after you left my the cactus. My dog got kicked by a horse on Sunday and nothing happened to it. What sort of dog is this? A mastiff. Jesus. Yeah. This is this is after the fact though. We went to like Vegas for about three months almost. Yeah. yeah and he left great. the cactus in the ute. Like in the car, in the cockpit. Well, in Vegas. For three months. No, like just in the oh, parking here. lot. Some yeah, long term yeah. parking lot. <laughs> long stay parking lot. No. Cactuses stay forever, but they, right? they do. They do. <laughs> oh, yeah. it, was, it was looking rough by the time we got back. No, they, they do. Now I what was your question before? You asked me something like What did it take to like each other? Did you beat him in a running race? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, I heard that in the research no, no, no. for the podcast. He, he has beat me before. He has beat me and he's starting to beat me Multiple more recently. Times. You know he publicly put out that he beat you at a running race? Yeah, he, no, he, no. he was there when no. I did it. Oh, you were there? He was there. Uh, probably, he's beat me more times now, recently, because he has start to get older. You know, but I, I have beat him many times. But you, the, you know what he also said? He said that he was like age champion for the 1500 meter in primary school. I was. <laughs> what primary school kid does 1500 meters? Me. No, what? 800 in primary school. Is but, that just a G up or? No, that's the truth. No, he, he stacked the odds against me, waited till I blew my knee out and then challenged me. Uh, then he challenged me on the, on, on the beach in the wet sand where weight plays a very big factor. No, I beat 
Not we're only in the that, 20s, was, but Rob, we're in our 30s, yeah, mate. So. Fuck, man, I'm almost 40. There was, no, the, the last one <laughs> was a year ago. The last time was a year ago, I raced all of them in the on, in thing. So where's this no, down no, no, at? No, at no, Wanda? Like, I did my is that Wanda? The, huh? the sand hills? No, the sand dunes, Rob's very good in the sand dunes. <laughs> okay. But it was on a flat, just flat, and I, I beat I did all my of hamstring. Them. Yeah. What was the distance? Probably 80 meters. And you did your hamstring that I race? did my hamstring in that oh race God. too. Just trying too hard. Yeah, but I won. I beat them all. I beat Sione. I beat all those, insert generic Tongan names. I beat them all. <laughs> How many people in Grange, like, uh, do you call that, yourself Grange team? Like, what was the team called? No, well, the, the gym is Gracie Smith and Grange. Yeah. And uh, we, like, as far as memberships for a gym, because anyone can come and down and train. Mm. We do, we're, we're predominantly a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and grappling school. So we have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, um, MMA fundamentals. So in, as far as the, a, anyone can come and train, so we've got about 250 members, something okay. like that. Um, in the fight team, there's only about six or seven members and um, it's grown like more than what we wanted it to grow. You know, like we, we've, we, we just like, we're pretty busy, myself and Alex and the other coaches, Justin from Stand Strong Boxing, he's yeah. got a, a, a boxing gym and there's a, a whole bunch of people there. I, I don't know the numbers exactly. Um, so we never wanted to have like heaps of fighters. And we were happy at first with just Jacob, Izzy, Rob, and David, and and that was it. And then there's been a few younger guys that have that have started coming up, mm. and um, you know, kind of just materialised in the in, in the team, you know. And um, it must be something for the environment, but boys, because when you have a look, because remember Daniel Gill, he yeah. was also from the area, and obviously he was middleweight champion for, for a long time, about what. A long time ago now, but over the last ten years, you know, there's yeah. always been a world champion from this area, which has been great. So there must be something happening in this area that, you know, is good for producing champions. I don't know. I think a lot of that's because it's probably one of the fastest growing areas in Sydney, and a lot of people just flock to the area. So there's heaps of gyms. There's a lot of good gyms um, just around here as well. You know, now um, yeah. I don't know if the Grange Boxing Gym is still here or if they've changed owners. Uh, I know another guy, uh, Nathan Reddy, who trains with us as well. He's gym Triple X. White is a really nice big gym here as well. Um, there's there's heaps of gyms. There's a Kyokushin place around the corner from us. Yeah. Um, How long have you been open for? We've been open since 2014 or 15. About three, four years. Yeah, something like that. But still, it's pretty competitive, especially in this space, because just to open the gym, what you've got to pay some royalties for to be a Gracie, right? Is that what yeah, happens? Yeah, yeah. But but it's not it's it, for us to be honest with you it hasn't really been that competitive as far as like it's it's competitive like any business I suppose in Sydney is, mm. but it hasn't been that competitive because it's it, it's a niche like you have the UFC gym, but the UFC gym is I don't know Woolies to a butcher yeah gotcha. you know what I mean like to yeah. a gourmet butcher kind of thing and um, well it's just all flashy and it's got all the yeah it, like I mean it serves its purpose but it's not in direct competition with us mm. if anything I think um, it, it helps us like triple um, X fight gym it's not it's not really comp- we're not competition to them they're not really competition to us they were sort of different markets we're very much uh, like a you know like a, a specialist Jiu Jitsu and grappling yeah. school, you know. Like we don't advertise fight teams or yeah. or anything like that. So we don't we don't have like a fight team per se. Like if someone were to come to us and say, "Look, I want to fight and I want to do this, 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 and that," um, they got the option of either just joining the normal classes, doing yep. doing BJJ, and then seeing if they, you know, in the next, in the coming years, if they if if we fit in, or they or I'd strongly recommend they go to to Nathan's gym or someone else's gym in the area. Pro- 
preferably Nathan's because we have a relationship. Yep. Um, and so it's not really, if anything, it's kind of, it's a good little hub. I remember the last time I saw you, didn't you kick Rob's son out or something? Oh yeah, yeah Jack. Slack. Jack. You're um, kicking on like a three-year-old or something. School, like just had a principal. <laughs> we had a, a toddler's class. Uh, yeah, and little Jack got bounced from that class. So did... Uh, what did he do? I was just running around, just... He just lost... Yeah. He had his attention span for a little bit, but it was just too much. Yeah, okay. It, it was like a, it was a moment when he just goes, you know what? I'm doing what I want. I didn't <laughs> kick him out in fairness. They took him out. Does he get that from you, Rob? Hey. Does he get that from you? Probably. Yeah. He's much more consistent than Rob. <laughs> oh, he actually... Well, it's only Rob doesn't turn oh, up. Oh, he turned up when he was meant to turn up, you know? Uh, Rob, Rob's actually not that bad. He's, he's pretty good. Bro. He's pretty so back to the, like, the gym opening, because obviously it was, it's you and Alex, you guys are in the gym, right? Yeah. How did you guys meet? Uh, at that gym? I knew Alex as well from just... Uh, just the, like the scene from yeah. back in the day. And then um, with, when, when Pat was fighting... Uh, he 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 started training with Alex and Trekker. Yeah. So we'd go down there and train, and then I just I just knew him from from back then. And uh, that was a beast too. I think he was just ten years too late. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of dudes. I think from from that period we were talking yesterday. Me and Rob, like even guys like Alex, um, Luke Bazzuti. There's a there's a few other dudes that people won't know who they are, but like I mean in Australia, people know who they are. But had they been around like coming up now it, yeah. they would have done really 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 well in, in the UFC and I think Pat is definitely someone that could have done really really well it's even funny back in the day like when he told me he back then it was your your cage fighting so it's like you're in the parking lot bloody taking yeah. you know beating the shit out Definitely of each other he couldn't even tell his mum because he had no idea how to explain this but you know MMA is just another sport now which would have helped you know back then I thought he was getting his absolute ass handed to him in the car park no, but, but even then like the before because it was just before CFC. So when CFC started here, there were a couple of other good organizations, but I think CFC in particular for the Sydney crowd legitimized it, mm. being that it was a Luna Park. Um, there was, yeah, it was, there was, it was just, it was a really well-run show for, for not just Australia, for like a, like a local show. It was really good, you know? Yeah. Um, I think it gave a lot of fighters a good amount of exposure. I'm, and I mean, I, I'm saying this, there might be other people that from other states are saying, no, well, at the shows that we had there, were, were, but I'm from Sydney and um, there was no other show that really rivaled CFC at the time, yeah, would, yeah. would you say? <coughs> no, CFC was the place to be. Like When you were an MMA artist coming up, like in the time that I did, yeah. you wanted to get on the CFC cards. Yeah. Like they, they were, the, they were like the, the premium sort of... Is that still the, the, the main show the now? Or no, what, no, no. So, what's the main show now? Now it's hard to say because the shows since CFC have come and gone and like merged and like a new one's popped up here. And but there's definitely like now there's like a lot more decent shows to fight on. Like you know what I mean? There's like there's there's different cards. There's a lot there's a lot of different cards always going on. At at the time, CFC was kind of like the the place where you know there were a lot of guys that 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 fought internationally that fought. And went through the mm. CFC. So Cameo fought in CFC. No, I think he fought in AFC when he fought. Um, he fought a boxer, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, you know, Lucas uh, Brown. Was yeah, it? Lucas, Lucas Brown. Brown. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it wasn't CFC. Why do I think it wasn't CFC? I don't know, but it might have been. It might have been. Mm. Um, I know, that, but there were there were a lot of other dudes that, that fought, like heaps of other guys that, that fought, um, and a lot of guys that went on and did really, really well. Like, 
you know, they want one big international titles. Hector, Rob, yeah, yeah. all the yeah, all yeah. the all the Australian pioneers for the sport. Like they all went through the CFC ranks. Like I remember yeah. Hector used to do some mad shows at Luna Park. Like, yeah, that, well, that, that was, was the CFC. Yeah, he he um we were talking we were talking about this yesterday as well. Like I think Hector would have been like people. He, he went from the Olympics, came here. There was a, like a chunk of time where he was learning, and then I I, I think maybe. Again, it was a, one of those situations we didn't get to see the best Hector in in the like it was phenomenal, but we didn't we saw the best Hector, but I don't yeah. think we saw it for long enough. Is he older that, too? Isn't he? I beg your pardon. He's a bit older too, isn't he? He's probably forty now, forty one. Like he he's he's a phenomenal talent. Well, those Cuban boys, they could be fifty. Like. Yeah, we were saying just he was just on by the time he entered the UFC, it was kind of like the tail end of his career. Mm. Boys, what do you say to you know you got a team and you got some really good up and coming fighters? You know, obviously Rob's in the UFC's champion, but you know they all look up to him and want to also go to UFC. Like, what's the kind of, what's the plan that you guys set for them, and also the encouragement sort of to try and get them there? The guys in our team. Yeah. Um, well, this is kind of your expertise. Like, you, you're the one that lays out the program and the, the sessions. Um, the, the first thing is it's funny because like, the the relationship that we have in it with. Look, you know, you ask me, oh, we get along well, da-da-da, but it's not, you only see me and Rob, but I have the same relationship with the, the other boys, boys you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's, I mean, it's it's different because each person's different, but we don't have that, like, a, a different thing. So, I don't know that, especially the older guys that are in the team, I don't think that they so much as look look up to Rob because yeah. there isn't there isn't that, and, and their level's pretty good, like, their level's high. If, Rob, if Rob's not... Um, setting the pace and setting what he what should be done like there's there's people there that will, will step up to take the the mental off him if if if, yeah. if he lets it so there's not so much that they're looking looking up to him but what we do like my background's in teaching so my 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 expertise is in setting up um learning programs yeah um, alex justin and that they're, they're much charlie uh charlie Bishwadi who does a, a lot of muay thai for the boys they're, they're more about the combat aspect. And I think w- what we set in place is like just a, a learning program, a sequential learning program. And for guys to come on board with it, you know, they've they got to buy into the program. And, and it's, not, it's not something that is going to fit everyone. There's a lot of different ways to do stuff. But on our team, that's kind of what we found works for us. Yep. And for the type of people that are attracted to that team, and obviously for other teams... I might go there and it's, I'm not going to gel, yeah. you know, but it definitely gels with us. And I just look at it as like, uh, like you're, you're doing, I don't know, you're doing a, a diploma in sport and fitness at yep. TAFE and you've got to put together learning components and we're not doing a diploma in sport and fitness, we're fighting. And these are the components that need to be met for you in order to, to yeah. fight. That's still quite a skill set though. Who taught you to, to learn how to, you know, well, I was trained as a teacher, I suppose. I was trained as a teacher, and then I worked at TAFE for... I've only recently left TAFE, but I worked at TAFE for about 13, 14 years. It's been about like a year now. No, since I've actually officially finished working there, maybe I've left, uh, what, three months ago? Something like that, two months ago? Yeah. Two, two or three months ago. Um, it was just, you know, the paperwork finishing, maybe seen about doing a different role and that, but but it, it was time to, to finish. Yeah, it's obviously made a huge impact going from full-time work. Now you can, you've got a lot of projects and stuff, I'm assuming. Man, honestly, the, from the moment I left TAFE, 
to now like i feel no difference in work like like I, I, the the pressure of having the the, the mind space of having tafe that that's gone yeah but as far as work's concerned and whatnot we still have huge amounts of work to do you know so so i don't i don't feel um i didn't even feel like oh i got it off my shirt because as soon as i left that something else took over mm. so yeah these spreadsheets, boys, that you are doing, because Rob, what do you have to do? Is there an app? Is it like handwritten? How do you guys yeah, keep your accountability? He, he, he drew it up and we just, we just list the, the RPLs or RPEs, no, no. sorry. RPE, yeah. RPEs. So how hard you go each, yeah, each how session. Hard you go. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and it just adds up the load so that we're, we're not burning out too fast. We're, not, we're, we're working at a consistent rate so that we never hit that that red line sort of sort of area as well as we, we we keep a log and a record so that when i need to look back at previous fights like where was my weight at this time where was my weight four weeks from the fight and yeah. I, i've done that since my earliest fights so where i look back and be like okay my weight's here last fight it's here i'm a little lighter i'm a little heavier how it is and then yeah it's just it's it's really good on on my own mind space to to, to see some of that because sometimes I've looked at previous fights or like oh, weight cutting is a big one weight cutting the, the way that it fluctuates yeah, yeah. and how I yeah. deal with it but as well as like if I get sick like a couple of weeks after the fight I look like I, I worry like everyone does like oh man I yeah. need to be training and then I look back at the previous I'm just like oh it's not so bad because yeah. I was sick for a week then as well like it just or I was sick for longer or shorter. It's just it's just good to be able to gauge and just be able to look at that and yeah. just take some confidence in that. Yeah. It, it's not anything amazing. Like it's not something that that um, is gonna blow anyone's mind. Like anyone could do it. I'm not. <coughs> Sometimes simple is the best, right? I, honestly, <coughs> I, I found I, I'm like that for every. I'm not. Maybe I'm a bit of a simple person. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, it's very, very easy. It's so, you know, like, again, like I'll, I'll speak to Justin Lang, who's, who takes care of all the science, the sports science stuff. Um, and, you know, there's a million things you can do and da 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 But then there's some real basic stuff like measuring the rate of, of perceived exertion, measuring the time that, that the sessions took. And that that's easy, you know yeah. what I mean? You, anyone can do that. What's your rate of perceived exertion out of 10? You say, oh, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever it is. Yeah. And then multiply that by the time. That it took in minutes so let's say it's six and then multiplied by 100 minutes then it gives you 600 that's a load right yeah. and it, it doesn't have to be you could work that out however you want to work it out you know like but that's that's that gives you a number right and when that number on a hard week that number is going to be high yeah you know there's a few other things but i'm just saying that rule simple on a hard week the number is going to be high yeah and if you go high like I'm doing with my hands because there's no video for you, eh? That's all right. Okay, so <laughs> goes, I got what you're saying. High, higher, and higher. Yeah. You know, you can't. It can't be exponential. At some point, you got to come back to and, and do recovery. What you'll find is after a certain amount of time or weeks, and depending on the athlete, you know, the person gets injured. So for you not to have that injury, you're monitoring the loads, and it's not. It's not really. Uh, you know, it's not very complex, but. This is the thing, you have to be consistent with it. And this is why I say to Rob, where's your spreadsheets, da 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 yeah. You have to be consistent with it because then I can have the data that I can look back and go, like there was, I think the last, last fight that he had, he, the, he, his, his weight was like, because the weight goes up and down when, mm. you're, when you're getting ready to cut weight. 
And he said to me, I don't think it was the Romero fight. Yeah, when he said to me, I, I, look, my weight's gone up. But then I can just bring out the spreadsheets and show them in the last couple of fights and yep. go, this is what you ate. This is how much you weighed. Yep. And it's going to happen again. And so tomorrow you're going to weigh, you wake up and weigh this. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, and you said, to, Sophia was there, and you said to me, um, I don't see how if I eat this, how my weight's going to go down by tomorrow. Yeah. And I don't have the answer to that. I'm not like a... It's just science, I guess. Yeah. It's, I don't know the answer, but yeah. you can see it, you know? And it did. It went, it yeah. went down, you know? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's always been perfect, like the, the weight cuts and everything, just because of that. But it's still sometimes I look at it and look, it seems like voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is like, uh, that's why like to come and do like a week at our gym, I don't, I mean at the gym you can, but to do a week at our, we, and we do have guys come in all the time and spend a week or whatever, but I don't think you get the benefit other than the bodies, you know? Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want, that's, that's good. Because you need about, and I think this is not just at our gym, I think at, at any gym, you need a good six months to a year okay. to gel to with people and to, to really take on the sequential learning. Otherwise, you're just, it's like me going, I don't know, if I go to Harvard tomorrow and I sit there for a week and then I'll come back and go, you know what, I didn't really learn that much. And you're like, yeah, well, fuck, you only got through the admin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, Plus, there's different know, cultures everywhere too. hundred percent, yeah. Right. So, so you need you need to be able to spend, like, you know, six months to a year somewhere to, to really start to go. Okay, I'm I'm actually learning. Different to saying, oh, I enjoyed it. I learned a few techniques, and that's cool. But, um, to really learn, to really be part of a, a, the system and and be like immersed in that culture, you need. You know, you need to... You've got to buy into the yeah. culture. And you yeah. need some time there, I think. Yeah, for sure. Because you guys got a bit of a you know, dickhead policy, don't you? You have a lot of respect. Was it true? I heard Alex talking that, you know, the elders, they go to the shower first, no no taking off your shirts, not, no disrespecting women. And that sort yeah, of like not not in, in, in the in the gen pop, I don't I don't know exactly. Generally, I think it's, it's we say, oh, you know, shower in a particular order because we don't have a lot of showers. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And so... But still, it's all always respectful. If it's I, I think so. And, you, and if you got like, say... You, you got 20 dudes on the mats and three or f maybe five, six women, yeah. right? Because we, we have quite a few uh, uh, women uh, that are members. Yeah. So they have their own, women have their own change rooms, etc. But there's not that many showers. And so it generally goes like the women shower first. Yeah. And then the oldest guy through to the youngest person. And at every class you have 20 to 40 people on the mat. Yeah. So, and we have maybe 40 to 50 classes a week. So imagine how many people going through. Um, then the hygiene, so shoes, blah, blah, blah. You can't have shoes on the mats. And some people don't like it. Some people come in and they're like, well, I, I don't want to be told what to do. And you're like, well, fuck, no one's telling you what to do. But yeah. we don't, sometimes you get it, but anyone understands that. Like, I think if you, it's like, that's like an IQ test right at the, at the start. <laughs> yeah, you know for sure. I mean? Like there's too many people in your individual flower that want to, fuck, Go be an individual flower somewhere. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Like yeah. you're coming to a jujitsu school, man. Like you're not coming. You, if you want to do something in your spare time, go watch a movie. Like it's true. You be <laughs> this individual. is how we do it here. Yeah, yeah. and and you, you have to cater for, like I said, over 250 people a week coming through, and it's a small place. Not tiny, but it's relatively small. Yep. Um, it's a good sized gym. You have to cater for these people, so you have to put rules in place. Mm -hmm. And and the same with the, with the guys, where you have a fight team. And it's not just I tell them what to do. Like, if I say be somewhere at 8.30 because we're going to run the dunes, I'm there at 8 o'clock. 
and I'm going to run the dunes. Well, punctuality is huge. Man. Do you know what I mean? Like, you've got to turn up. If it's an eight o'clock start, you're not turning up. Some people turn up at 10 past and you know their character straight off the bat. Dude, to me, that that's something that, that um, and again, like, you shop at 10 too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, late at 10 too, man. You know, sometimes. No, like, I, I, I think so, dude. I, I think in general, like, you, you have to, but but there's other guys that, that you know, they're probably world champions and turn up late all the time. I, and, and that works for them, you know, but, it's not going to work for me to be dealing with them. You yeah. Know? And then I think you got, you know, maybe an, another eight guys on the fight team, six to eight guys on the fight team. And uh, by the very nature, the kind of people that you're dealing with is people that are, that are headstrong, people that, that are, you know, they're, they're a particular breed of person. Yeah. So having a set rule of order and having uh, something that, that's, that's, that everyone understands that we're going to follow it also takes the, the, it's not personal between you and I then. Yeah. It's not me saying to you, oh, I need you to do this. It's like, man, these are the rules for you, for me. You're not following them and you're fucking everyone else around. You know, it's got nothing, like it's not between you and mine, really. You know what I mean? So th- th- that's why it's like the, the way that it is there. Mm. You know? So Rob, before you met Fab, what was kind of, was your training unstructured? Like how did it look before? Um, no, I, I was I was training I was training very hard, and there was, there was, there was some semblance of, of structure to, to to my training for sure. You know, I, I was still fighting and I was still winning 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 fights, but um, he was already very successful as a fighter way way before we met. Yeah. But um, just flying people in. So I, <laughs> I just I, I don't think it was enough. You know, I don't think it was enough. I think honestly, in my own opinion, I think I got pretty far based on my own just like athletic gifts and talent yeah. and um I, like I, I know how to fight like when i was thrown in the octagon in the cage the, that first time i knew what to do yeah. i knew how to fight it was just one of those things where i i, I had a lot of skill set gaps and i guess I, I didn't i didn't really recognize or could I, I couldn't see my own potential of where i could go because I, i'm a very um uh, what's what's the word? Like um, I don't I, di- I didn't think I'd ever get this far ever mm. ever ever in my wildest dreams, and like I remember when me and Fab had our first sit down. Uh, well, actually, it might not have been the first sit down because I think the first sit down was just like Rob, you just got to get to training, buddy. <laughs> and I, I think later on in the track, after I think we started moving along and having some success, like I, I sat down with Fab and I go, Fab, do you think do you think mate I can be top ten? Yeah, and and he's like. If you work hard, maybe. <laughs> and, and so you gave him nothing. Um, no, because you know the thing is, man, talent's not rare, and people waste talent every day. So you know, like people go, oh no, this kid's talented, and like, like I said, we have two hundred fifty members in the gym. Like there's there's a lot of them are just general population. They're just mums and dads, but there are some talented kids too. But they don't want to, and, and nothing like they might want to be a. Carpenter, I don't know. They might want to do something else. So, yeah. talent's not rare. So, but it must be a good way to treat like your prospects as well, because I think people put too much emphasis on that one. You could have put him as the golden goose and lost your focus on some of the others. But now, if Rob was to leave, you know, you got focus on other people as well. Man, to, to be honest with you, like I, I, I don't. I, I think the the, it's it's kind of not. Uh, how could I say this? I think people put too much emphasis on stuff like say say for example oh, the way i see it is just it's it's just a relationship mm. you know uh 
Dave and I have known each other since we were kids, since year eight at school, okay. right? So, but in that time, like we, we didn't really hang out at school, then a million things happened, now we're working together. Yeah. And maybe in two years, we're not working together. Maybe you and I end up working together, maybe he goes and does something else, but relationships are dynamic and they come and they go and they yeah, change and everything. And, and one of the things I've learned, and it's, I've learned this from just seeing this more training people, you don't own someone, whether you trained them since they're little, you don't, you don't, you don't even own your, your kids, you don't own your wife. Like that, those relationships change and you see those relationships change and you see those relationships end at times, even, even between parents and children for, for sometimes, sadly, you know, for, for whatever reason. Yeah. So for me, like, there's no, it, when we start working, like, I can't look at it as anything more than, um, it, it, it could be over tomorrow, do you know yeah. what I mean? And, and no one is in the wrong. If, if Robert had said to me, oh, I want to go and train somewhere else, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'd, I just said I'm done. What's that? Or if I just said <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Yeah, I'm finished, man. That, like, that's okay. But sometimes letting like, relationships go, I was going to ask Rob because I know when you left Henry, you know, that would have been a huge decision for you. But some people hang on to that, or hang on and hang on and hang on, and sometimes it's not in the best, their best yeah, interest. Yeah, 100%, you know? 100%. Some people just cling on to a relationship like for, for life and death. And uh, it's not only toxic for you, it's toxic for them. Like it, it's just it's just a toxic relationship. And and you know, as, as as Fab was just saying, like relationships change. You know, my my relationship with a lot of people when I was a kid, like I, a lot of people that I was best friends with when I was kids, I no longer speak to. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? They 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 change, and um, like that that that's just how it is. You need to kind of just go with the change, otherwise you're always just hanging on with those. Well, there's like a, I don't know, toxic relationships where you're not you're not growing anymore. They're not growing anymore. You can't go the way or the path you wish to go. That doesn't mean the person's toxic. It just means no. the relationships just yeah. It's not it's not what it is. Well, yeah, like yeah, exactly that. They're just the relationship isn't working. It's like two people if they choose to start dating and they just fight all the time. That relationship's toxic. Yeah. They might both be good people, just it's not, not together. Good together. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. How did it make you feel when you actually pulled the trigger? Yeah, uh, I was gutted. Like with any any sort of like a relationship end, ending, it's or long term relationship ending is it's 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 gutted. Like it's it's heart wrenching, you know. But it's people don't get it as well. Like with like the Rob, like there's there's guys that that exist really really well in in a situation. I, I don't know it, but say they they exist really well in a situation where. They just go to a gym, they do their training, they go home. Yeah. That's cool. Rob's relationships with his coaches and training partners and a lot of the people is very close-knit. And it's always been that way. And so, you know, coming to... A, to and, and there's always there's always factors at play, you know, that, that, that people will never see, will never know about. So that, it's hard, man. It, it, it takes a, a toll on you, like, psychologically, emotionally and whatnot yeah. um, to, to make decisions to... You know, and and tomorrow he he could decide, he could turn around tomorrow and say, hey, I'm not I'm not fighting. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and uh, that's that. You know, like that that is what it is. And and also it wouldn't really change my relationship with the others. Like it's not like I would go there and they'd be like, well, what are you doing here? You know, Rob's not here. Like it's it's <laughs> that's not the relationship <laughs> at all. Gloves, boys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's not the relationship at all. So there isn't any um, like. 
there, there's normal things and like they understand it as well like you know the stakes that he's fighting for now is higher than than you know like like that than, than what most of them are fighting for but each of their fights is just as important to them and to to us as as it is because like they're there's, there's, they're, they're very close as well to, to making it. There's no one there though that just like fights for fun, yeah. you know, because I'm not coaching for fun, you know, like we're, we're there to, to meet certain objectives. Yeah. Robert, this stage of your career, how important is it to be planning for life after fighting? Oh, it's super important. I think, I think even, even before this stage of in my career, it's very important to start laying down the foundations for, for what you, what you want to do after fighting because, and I think, I think a lot of fighters and athletes in particular, like they forget that the fighting or the sport that you're in, it doesn't last yeah. forever. You know, you're, you're not young forever. You can't, you can't do this forever. As well as you're more than just a fighter. You're more than just an athlete. Like, there's so much more life outside of the octagon that, that nobody sees that, that, than there is in the octagon. Yeah. Do you think and, that's a big thing in your success? Like doing things like you're one of the only fighters active fighters that have a podcast and just doing little things. I know you guys got the GAP program, there's heaps of stuff that you guys do. Mm. Do you think that's a major contributor to your success? Uh, definitely. And you know, th this is, and this is with no small help, like in, in, in guidance with, from my coaches like Fab and, and Alex and, 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 and um, as well as the, the, the contacts, Fab has also put me in touch with like Adnan and a Andrew yeah. and um, Justin Lane. Like these, these guys are, they're, they're all, they're all helping me outside of the octagon which has had a direct correlation with me, how I perform inside the octagon. Yeah. You know, uh, with me being much more settled and, and um, confident and stable with my life outside the octagon, so with my family life, with my financial status, like yep. with, with my training structure, with my team and friendships and relationships, with all that under control and, 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 and being looked after, like and looking after it, fighting's easy. That's, that's all that's left for me to do. I just got to show up. Yeah. <laughs> What's the what's the go when you when you pull out of a fight? I'm assuming do you get a training fee from the UFC? Like what happens financially when you actually do pull out of a fight? You get you, you get, get nothing. Shafted. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you get yeah. nothing for not fighting. Did they give you do they give you an advance or anything like that? Uh, nah, nothing. You, you get a little debt. If you're lucky, they may not charge you for the flights home. Really? <laughs> and you've got obviously you've got coaches to feed, you've got your wife and your kids to feed. Yeah, I understand. And you've also invested and spent a lot of money during the camp with trips, flying people in, gear, food, like comps, whatever whatever the, the expenses are. Yeah. But that's, um, that's the biggest thing pretty much with MMA at the moment, isn't it? Because the pay structure for the fighters it just yeah. isn't there like other sports, right? No, I, could, I, could rant about for, I could rant about it for a, for a long time. <laughs> What's good, what would you change? I think I think that if you're, I mean, you know, you know, it's hard, man. You know, like even when you do the podcast, when we're doing the podcast, and you know, re you read the comments of people, and you just realise how many people are just bitter and fucking sad with their lives, you know. Mm. And then MMA fans, for whatever reason, they it seems people seem to flock with it, to, to flock to it, you know. And I mean, real, real bitter people. And I watch the fighters themselves and how they interact and everything, and it's like. Honestly, I see it as really, really sad and pathetic. Like, I don't really, I, I see it in other sports, but nowhere near as bad. Like, in, in MMA, like, the fighters just shit on each other all, all fucking day. And it's just, it's so, so that, that, in, that toxic environment allows, allows for it even more for fighters to be like, 
you know, on, on shit money and that. Look, do you reckon that's because everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie? Is that? But there's there's no there's no real pie to get. Like you look at the, uh, their revenue, I think is like low. It's like thirteen or fifteen percent compared to like say the NBA, forty eight percent, the fifty yeah. percent that the players get. So what what are they? What like they act like clowns, man, and they get fucking zero money. You know what I mean? Like real real little money. Um, they're not not very supportive of each other at all. You know what I mean? As soon as one of them, if one of them does something good, they all shit on each other. You know what I mean? And and I just I look at it and I just think like it's so childish and so pathetic, you know. And so I think that 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 pro- provides a really good breeding ground to not make good money. You know what I mean? Um, and not be successful. It's like if you if you ran you run a podcast, we run a podcast. Yeah. If I just got on the thing and said, "Hey, TK, you shit. Look how shit you are," and I start doing tweets about how shit you are. Yeah. Well, fuck, we're not, you know what no I mean? No one's going to grow. No, nah, no Everyone's one's going to grow. Everyone's going to yeah. be shit. So, so that's, that's where it's going to be as far as the fight is concerned. You know, the UFC will, will continue to make more and more money. Um, I also think like if you're a fighter in the top 10 or whatever, like you shouldn't even, like the, the money for your fight or whatever, you, you should be on a salary and then bonuses for your fights. You know what I mean? Um, Especially if they want to keep you within the company for a long time. And once you're performing well. But but yeah. they, they don't care because the, the reality is they will build the next person because, you know, and and have people like they got the Ultimate Fighter show and that that pay people very little money but create like a content behind it. So How do you feel like fighting for performance bonuses and stuff? How do I feel? Yeah, like, you know, how they got the fight of the night and KO of the night. Does that make you... Go into a fight more energetic. Like, what's your feeling? No, and imagine you get locked it, in a cage with yeah, someone. That's what I mean. I feel, they're, they're feel not, like, you're not going to fight any harder. Yeah. You know? No, definitely. So no Try it. Lock yourself in a cage with Romero and see if you're going to fight any <laughs> harder. But like, hey, extra 50 grand. You know? <laughs> yeah. you know, no, like, it's just, it, it doesn't encourage you to try any harder because obviously everyone's out there trying their best anyway. Yeah, you know, everybody wants to win, especially because winning and losing directly impacts our pay. So, um, yeah, no one's, no, no one's, but once to... you're in the fog of war, you're not thinking about it. Yeah. You don't, you nah. don't think about it either. So, but, but it's a nice little bonus sometimes when like the whole night's said and done and then they're like, oh, you got the fight on the night bonus and you're like, oh, sweet. <laughs> Work out what we're going to do with it. Oh, and then you got to take 30% off the foreign tax. And then 20% for fab. And then you got to pay all the coaches and the it's, management. It's, it's, um. And that, that's the other thing, like, you, after you pay all the coaches, uh, after you pay, like, your, your everything, like, you, you, you're, not, you're not really seeing that much money. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not really seeing that, that much. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have my theories on, what's, on what is going to happen, but that's my own opinion on it. But, um, yeah, I, I just see, like, I don't know. I just see the the way that that um, a lot of the guys that, that fight have never had anything, right? They've never ever had anything, and I watch them, and like say for example, if you give them give them some shit, like look if they if they give them like um, dude, I'm talking about like I see dudes act like they're superstars because they're given like a hotel room for a night. Yeah, you know what I mean? And you see dudes acting because they've never had anything. They've never had anything in their life, you know. And so you allow them to sit ringside, you give them a hotel room, 
maybe they maybe you paid for their flights over and dudes feel like rock stars you know what i mean but um they don't really understand they don't really understand like the value of certain things they don't really understand um investing in 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 intellectual property and investing in themselves um and i think that that's one of the things that makes a difference with with rob and, and and people like that like that that they understand like well, a little bit more than than that you know and I understand like no well there's a value to me doing this or a value for me doing that or a value in me investing in something that, that <coughs> people don't necessarily understand when they're watching it they you know you, you know what I mean like yeah, there's, there, there's other things you've got to be investing in yeah you know Fab you just mentioned you know fighters backgrounds you know, I heard of this famous entrepreneur like just talking the other day and he was just talking about he wanted to learn how to fight and get into a fight. But I don't think you can just get into a fight, do you know what I mean? Like to want to take a punch and be in there and put your life on the line. I think it takes a special breed of person. Do you guys agree? I don't know. Fighting to me is... Fighting should only be done for like if your life's on the line or you're doing it for a living, like you, you need to do it. Like mm. it's, it's not something... Uh, Fab said it earlier. Like we're not playing. You don't play fight. Yeah. You don't. You don't. You don't just try out fighting. You know. You don't. You don't just. I just want to see what it's like. It's that's not how fighting should be treated. It's like. Because there's consequences. Yeah. There's huge consequences. Like if you want to try out fighting with me, I'll put you in a coma. Like, you know what I mean? Like. I no, thank you, mate. <laughs> but that's like that. That's the stakes, though. That's the stakes. There's, there's no. Yeah. You can't try it out for fun. Like. We, we we have we have like combat coaches, and that that's guys that the coach. My, my my role's not that. I'm not a fighter. I never have been. I don't want to be. Um, and when people say to me, "Oh, you know, why don't you have a fight?" Because you know it'll help you to relate to Rob or fucking the others more. And I think like we have guys like that in the gym, like Alex is four pro, and I'm I don't. I'm not. I'm not even. Like it's the difference between me taking a local fight, right, and and Rob fighting for the title. It, me thinking that that is even comparable. Yeah, means I have rocks in my fucking head, and I don't <laughs> know what he's doing. Yeah, that's like me going and saying, "Oh, hi, hello, I'm here at the maternity ward. I watched the Nature Channel the other day." <laughs> I now know what it's like to be a mother. Yeah. You know, like, what, what are you fucking talking about? I'm going to this baby. You know, like, what, what are you talking about? They're, they're, they're completely different things. Now, if you want to do it as a, you know, for whatever reason, you want to do it and you, like, say you wanted to do a corporate fight or whatever, go, go right ahead. But I think it's a, it's a massive fallacy for you to believe that it's, it's anywhere Near, near the level. Near, yeah. You know what? You know what the best thing is like. You, you're an investment guy. Eh? Your yeah, yeah stop working. Yeah. Yeah. You know how you can do trading with money, right? Yeah. And I can do paper trading. Yeah. And then I can come to you at the end of the day and say, you should have followed what I did because look at all the money that I made. <laughs> but it's paper. But it's, it's paper. It's not yeah. real. It's like monopoly. Yeah. And then you say, all right, cool. Now what I want you to do is get your balls and mortgage your fucking house, <laughs> and then I want to see you do line. this. Yeah, yeah. Now I want to see you do this or That's do it for a company. That, that like, they, you know, you're going to have to go in front of a board of directors or whatever and say, these are decisions I made. Sorry, I fucked up. Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's true, mate. That's the difference, you yeah. know? So, am I, am, is it a great experience? Is it a great intellectual exercise for me to do paper trading? Absolutely. Mm. Um, is it a bit rich for me to then come to someone like yourself that spent the last 10, 15 years putting your balls on the line, 
trading real money, et cetera, da, 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 and me coming up and saying, hey, man, TK, I know what to do because da, 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 and you're like, yeah, nah, dude, like, once you put real money on the line, yeah, it's fucking different. Once once you you, you put, and people will talk all the bravado of their life, but the, the reality is this, you're coaching someone and I have to have the conversation with people. I have to think of something that, I have to try and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to be accountable for this. Yeah. And then he has to go in the cage and he's fighting a guy like like a Romero or someone like that where they both ended up in hospital. Romero's face was broken. Rob's hand was broken. But they're both in hospital. And you're there going, if something goes wrong, I'm going to go out there and take to his wife, this happened, you know? Yeah. And if you don't understand, if you do if you man we were like i don't know from i don't know me to the wall away watching the fight yeah and these two dudes are cracking each other like cracking each other there were a couple of times where i i, I thought romero might finish it i thought rob was going to finish it um for me it's not fun to watch someone that, that you you rob or jacob or yeah, david yeah. or any of those boys fight i don't like it like I, I would rather they don't fight and that's probably why I can have a good relationship with them because I'm not out there trying to be like... They're pushing him to oh, fight. Oh, please fight. Time. I'd rather, yeah, if, yeah. if any of them say to me, whether it's Rob or David or Jacob, Izzy, whatever, say, I'm not going to fight anymore, you know, help us open a jiu-jitsu school, I'll be happy. I'll be more happy. Yeah. You know, but um, when you watch that and these dudes trying to kill each other and no one, the ref's going to stop it when one of them can no longer defend themselves. And at that level, it means because you're out, yeah. you know? So it's not the same, man. It's not the same at all as you saying, I want to have a good, I want to have an experience. I want to know what it's like to get off this fight. Okay, that, that, that's fine. But that's nowhere near fighting at the top end. And that, that's, that's, it's, it's insulting to even confuse it. It's nowhere near coaching at the top end. Yeah. Where, say for example, I can't go into a, a I'm saying from my perspective as one of, the, one of his coaches, and Alex would be the same, Justin Lang would be the same, Charlie and Justin Fitzgerald, who are all the, the coaches, the combat coaches, the main coaches. There's times where I have to have conversations with Rob or with Jacob or with whoever that yeah. I don't want to have. You know, if you were a fly on the wall, you'd be like, fuck, Fab's a fucking prick, you know? He just said it so bluntly to him and this and that. But mm. the reality is, I can't go and say, oh, you know, this is, this is something that you're going to have to figure out on your own. You know, yeah. Now, I have to say to you, dude, you're not doing the right things. That's your role on the team. That's your Man, accountability piece. Really. Yeah, 100%. This is, not, this is not right. This is not happening. This is not good because the, the fallout of this, this is not like a, you know, a, a gap year, fucking finished year yeah. 12, I'm going to travel experience. This is his fighting for a living. Yeah. You know? So if people don't, they, they, they don't get that. It's, it's not even on the same fucking planet. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. Like that's my my take as a coach, but as a fighter, like I, I don't know how you see it. Yeah, <laughs> you pretty much summed it up pretty well. Like it's exactly it. Like uh, come back to me when winning means you can pay for your bills until the next fight, yeah. or losing means you can't. If not, it's a or good like, experience. Like I'm not shitting on people that have. Like if you said yeah. to me, oh, oh, you want to have an MMA fight. I'd be, I, I wouldn't know why you'd want to, like, you know what I mean, at your age and blah, 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 but, yeah, man, okay. I'm 28, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, go, go, go ahead and do it. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Go 100%. ahead and do it. Um, that's cool. And, and I, I think that's mad, but it's not the same. No, definitely not. As long as you understand that. If I, what's it like, perspective-wise, between rounds? So just say, 
you know, round two Romero first fight, you know, Rob struggling. In terms of you and body... The first fight? Yeah. Let's just say you and body language. Like, being a corner man and having to jump into the octagon between rounds... I don't usually jump in, though. You don't jump me. in? It's but he Alex can still... Justin. He can, let, like, between the three of them, one of them will go in, right? Yeah. And I'm sure that Rob can see you on the outside, right? Yeah, we're talking. Yeah. What's the perspective? What, what are you trying to show? Like, obviously, he's hurt and he's your mate, so, you know... On your face in the first fight, a- any fight, pretty much. If you, if you see him hurt, or him, or Rob is just say just about to finish someone, what's that kind of body language that you bring to the fighter between rounds? Okay, the the first thing I try and do is just be objective. So a lot of the times, even like uh, when 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 the fight's going on, like Alex Alex and Justin will sit in front of me. I'm sort of sitting behind them. Yeah. So a lot of times, I'm watching the fight on the big screen. Okay. Because um, I look, go back and forwards between both, both um, the big screen and, and actually being there. Because sometimes I can't see it properly. Are the three of you talking generally between each other in the round? Uh, we we yes, a little bit, but generally we have like everyone knows. Like so, say generally, I I will speak to to Alex or Justin, and they will speak to Rob. You know, depending if it's striking, it'll be Justin. If it's grappling it'll be alex yeah and then if it's something specifically that i've worked on with rob I'm, I'm, i'll speak but we all know when someone's going to speak so we're not all jumping over each other yeah what um, do you prefer during rounds just just simple information between your, your rounds because you only got a minute and you got to recover as well um really really just i like i like knowing whether i won or lost, lost the round mm. and Alex is pretty brutal, like straight up with straight, that. Straight, yeah. Multiple times he goes, Rob, Hob, Hob, you lost that round. <laughs> and then you got to, so John, hold on. You got to, we got to, hold on. The audio, we're having an audio problem. Pull your mic out. Do I have to move mine up? No, you're good. No, pull your mic out and just put the, this they're, thing. They're up being here. very animated with you there, like. <laughs> Where do you want me to put this? So just pull this out and then clip that up there. And take that mic off. Yeah. Oh, so you don't need the mic. Yeah. See what happens? The double podcast we've just gone to different lands with microphones. Now. Hey, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a great TV if there was no audio. <laughs> Someone's just commented then too. <laughs> I fucking hate you, bro. Why don't you get put it on this thing? Better audio. Wise. How's that comments going, Dave? Uh, it's all good. Yeah. Like that, Dave? Can you hear me? Go. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's good enough. Cool. Yeah, I, I like um. I like real simple instructions because obviously I'm, I'm breathing heavy. Yeah. Maybe I got rattled. Like I like simple things. I like knowing whether I won or lost around. Yeah. It's just as long as they keep it simple. And it depends. Though. It's like, because I can't really remember between rounds too much. Yeah. Because like with the adrenaline that's going through, the, the, the one minute you have between round goes in a heartbeat. Like you don't know what's going on. And sometimes you have a cut man who's in your face while Alex is standing off to the side of him and being like, you need to do X, Y, and Z, and he's like probing your eye with like yeah. the, the little cotton bud looking things. And um, so like, I think, I think the biggest thing for, for like the corner talks and the corner coaches, like communication with the, with the athlete is done well before you get there. It's yeah. the communication, it's the relationship you have with your corners. It's like, it's every day in the gym, them saying, Rob, do this, Rob, do that. And I think, it's like subconsciously, like you can start to pick it up tonally. Like you're just like, like I, I can tell when Alex needs me to ramp it up or Fab needs me to do something because I, just from the tone of their voice or Justin needs me to do something. And um, 
Yeah, just simple instructions. It's just, I you, guess. You, you know, the other thing you see sometimes, and I'm not bagging the commentators because they got a job to do and yeah. they could think, but like when, the, when they're saying, oh, the corner should tell them this or the corner should tell them that, it's good that they're saying it for the people at home because the people at home don't know what the guy should be doing. Yeah. But the corner might not tell you that because, like Rob said, the, he, you might know it in a look. I might, I might look at Rob and know that that's not what he needs me to, to, to hear right. You know, he, that's not what he needs to hear right now. He might need to hear something else or, or you simply saying you need to pop up and yep. people going, well, he didn't tell him how he needs to pop up. And you're like, he's fucking told you. We think he fucking doesn't know. You know what I mean? So, um, like, or, or maybe he doesn't. You know? he's, he's taking breaths like it's his last. Yeah. Like, give him a second. Yeah. And you're saying, look, you man, you, you, you might just say to him, just, you, you, you need to just pop up. You need to sh put your shields up and pop up. And, uh, or, or you might be using a term that, that it's, is only, you only use at your gym. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that. So it's, the, the biggest thing is that he gets his, he, the information and the rest that he needs to in, in that time. Mm. But also when we do the sparring at our gym and that, we try and simulate it as close to, to a fight as possible. Yep. So we don't have like five, six pairs sparring at any one time and, you know, beep, buzzer goes off and you go with someone else. That, and I'm not criticizing that, but we just don't do that. Yep. We do it like it's a fight. And then at the end of the round, you go to your corner yep. and then the corner talks to you. So by the time you get to the fight, You've had that relationship and you've had that cornering advice and, you know, we kind of review it afterwards with the coaches and have a chat. Like always after they spar, they, they might go home or whatever, but all the coaches talk, you know, we'll, we'll ring each other or whatever. What'd you think? Did you say this? What'd you say about that? Yeah. Oh, I noticed that when he came to the, the corner and I said X, Y, and Z to me, he wasn't, he wasn't really listening. And then, you know, we might, then the situation might be that the conversation is like, you know, and one of the, one of our guys, a conversation we just had with recently was like, kind of switches off and then like literally he'll just switch off and go like into Narnia. I don't know where he goes. You know, he knows who he is. And uh, yeah, he, he, just, he just fucking disappears and then he comes back. And when he's switched on, he's like UFC level. Yep. When he's switched off, he's like literally like fucking not there. And then I, I was talking to him and I said, like, how, how does, how, where the fuck do you go? Yeah. And he goes, man, sometimes, this is what he said to me, he goes, yeah, sometimes I'm rolling. He goes, and then like, he goes, I don't know, I'll just switch off. He goes, and like, he goes, then the guy's on my back, like just at training, you know? <laughs> but even like, sometimes I'm rolling with him and I'm just rolling, and he's like a big, strong guy, I'm rolling with him. Yeah. And then I can see the light just goes, <laughs> and he's not there for a little bit. And then he comes back and then we were talking about it, but like, he does that all the time. You know, like to so say, I don't know, like for example, I'm paraphrasing, but let's say he's, he's cutting up food. Yeah. He just zones out. And then at the end of it, the food's, you know, he just zones out. It's, yeah, it's Yeah, he's, he's not yeah. present in, in what he's doing. And so there's no technical advice there and then. You have to fix that with, you know, cognitive behavioral stuff yeah. outside of the cage, outside of the ring. It's not even fight related. It's cognitive behavioral things, you know, so... We'll have we'll have a talk about that, and then that has to be addressed in a different way. Yeah. And then you see him, man. He's more switched on, you know. But but that's not that's not going to happen in one day. That happens over a prolonged in between period rounds. of time. Yeah. 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 Something interesting you put on the other day on your Facebook. You shared a post about the different levels and speeds of sparring. So maybe Rob can talk about how the sparring actually gets done, and then maybe you can see 
you know, the reasons why you guys do it. Like in, in what regards? It was, I think you weren't going flat out. You were oh, like, I know, he's talking about the, the, the when like you're doing like play fighting. Yeah, stuff. play fighting. Oh, um, play fighting is, is kind of, it's not really sparring. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's doing, it's trying to simulate the techniques or the combos that lead into shots, that lead into the groundwork. It's trying to simulate it um, as, as close to what you would do as possible yeah. without the impact and the damage, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long ago did you start doing it? Oh, I've been doing it since the beginning. Oh, since the start. Yeah, play fighting. Yeah. Is that what I'm thinking of? Like when we just move, like set up shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so you're not hurting the other person, but yeah. No, actually, not at all. And, yeah. and even the intensity levels aren't, aren't, aren't very high because that way we can do it for a much longer period of time and we can just start, we can we can train those. those um, Neural pathways. Yeah. Mm. Do you do much hard sparring anymore? Uh, yeah, we, we, we do hard sparring, but in moderation. So we, we'll, we'll do it like maybe once a week. Twice yeah. max. Or maybe um, once a fortnight. Or maybe once a fortnight. If no one's fighting, there's no real need to do it, so we won't. Do you headgear up? Like, what gloves do you wear and that sort of stuff? Sick, we, yeah, we, we, we gear up probably, like 16, shin pads, yeah. groin guards. Like, we no headgear, but. No, no headgear. No, no head we, we use Vaseline for our eyes and stuff like that, but. um. Do you think headgear, like, creates a false sense of security? I, I, I don't know. To each their own in regards to that. I, I personally don't like it because it's just. I, know, I, I feel like I get hit so much more with the headgear on, yeah. and like you just get nicked a lot and it moves your head around a lot. I just don't like it. That's that's my personal thing. I think the the problem with headgear is one, it stops cuts, you know, but it doesn't necessarily stop the trauma. Yeah. Um, and the the another reason it was used before was because you could see the person's head being snapped more for when you when you're judging the the boxing. Um, you could it just easier to see when someone got hit, um, but it. I, I don't, I don't, yeah, if you're wearing big gloves, I, I don't think you need the, the, the headgear. Um, and we train, the, the, the simulation of the, of the training and that allows you to to try all the different things without the trauma. And to you, you can you can do the play fighting once a day, mm. six days a week, you know. We do that. Yeah, so, so you do that a lot, you know, you, you do that a lot. Different, and you can, you can get in different positions, you can be more creative, you can yeah. try different things that you won't necessarily be able to, not necessarily, you wouldn't be able to, to try it even if, if someone's hitting you hard. Yeah. Then when it's time to spar hard, then you spar hard. But it's also very clear, like that's, it's like if Saturday we're sparring, you'll know like a week before, we're sparring Saturday, yeah. you're gonna spar so-and-so or you're gonna spar two guys are gonna come in and da 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 and that's what's gonna happen. Like it won't be you just rock up and you, you came here to, to do some jujitsu, and then they put we put gloves on you, and you spar. No, it's not. As not well like as that. The, the sessions beforehand are also structured, knowing that you have a hard spar on Saturday. Yeah. Mm. You, you can't have that. That's the other thing as well. You can't have a situation where you have a hard day, and then you just rock up. Yeah. You've been training, you've been tapering your training off, you know, to, to get ready to spar Rob, and Rob had a hard session the day before. Now, so everyone's tapered and everyone's ready <coughs> to go for that particular day. Yeah, we would literally be like a day off, maybe just a weight session the day before a sparring day. No, not a day off, just play sparring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> play just very low intensity. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's all monitoring control, like usually shorter, sharper sessions. Yeah, yeah, okay. That sort of stuff. Okay, I just want to pick your brain a little bit on just a few technique things. <coughs> you know, obviously you've got one of the best takedown defences in the UFC. Now, I know you used to play footy, obviously very proficient in wrestling and BJJ. What do you put it down to? 
<laughs> um, my my takedown defense. Yeah, we wrestle a lot. Like we we wrestle. We 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 train in in like the Olympic freestyle wrestling. We we go on wrestling comps, yeah. and we we don't try to we don't try to wrestle in an MMA context. Like yes, we we blend it together in when we play sparring and do things like that, but um, we we, we don't ever. We also just train Olympic freestyle wrestling and, and, and we, we focus on it. We, we do a lot of wrestling. We, we spend time on the mats where we improve our technique and, and you know, learn new abilities and, and just, just get better. And, and we have a great team. Like, these guys are easily like, as good or if not some, be- some of the guys at the team are better than me at, at grappling. And they just, we work hard together. We work well. What do you think? I think exactly what Rob said, like compete, compete in wrestling, that, that's a big one. Yeah. So you, you're wrestling with wrestlers. I mean, if you want to be a fast runner, you should train with runners. Fast runners. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with, with athletes. You're not, you, if you're going to just train with your mates that play touch football on the weekend, then you, you, you're not going to be that fast. Yeah. You know, you guys go on trips, you know, you just went to Japan, you did the BJJ trip, right? Mm. And you competed. I'm mm. sure that you would have lost a few things. Is it good to lose in those tournaments? To help, like, obviously the end goals you See UFC. how he knew you lost? Yes, I'm sure you would have lost. That's just BJJ. That's, That's just BJJ, right? Cheers, Cheers bub. <laughs> did you lose? I'm sure you would have lost. Did you lose? Did you lose, Rob? I did. A bit of a sore point, mate. Sorry, a sore point. sorry buddy. <laughs> I'm sure you would have like, lost. But, like, losing in those environments compared to where, you know, the big money is down the track in your career, is it is it better to learn to lose there? For one, losing is never good. <laughs> like I'm, I'm never I'm never like yes I got a loss here, yeah. but um sometimes the lessons learned when when you cop a loss, no matter where it is, it, it it can it can really change. Like you can you can benefit more so from from a loss sometimes mm. than than from winning. You know it's uh yeah I I, I definitely do. I get a lot of wake up calls when when I when I lose. And uh, that feeling, that feeling of loss, of, of losing, ugh, I do not like it. Oh, okay. Yeah, the other thing is like, from like I, I if say for example he, he loses you know in a you know grappling com- competition or whatever, to me it's not like oh you know it doesn't matter you're you're an MMA fighter it's like no you you know and I'll say what what I think like no you didn't know what to do in that position, mm. and that you know. And, and he's not like that either. He's not, or none of the boys. If you go and compete in jiu-jitsu and you go compete in jiu-jitsu in a gi and blah, 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 and you yeah. lost because somebody gi choked you, you lost because somebody gi choked you. You don't go, oh, well, you know, if I didn't have the gi, you know, I could have punched him in the face. Well, then what, oh. what'd you go there for? Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's like, if you had a tennis racket, you probably would have done aces on him. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, but it did, it's not what we're playing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you can't just, fucking go to a tennis match and say if I had my bike here. No, that's not, that's not the way it works. You yeah, know? for sure. So what's next for, because you represented Australia, right? Wrestling. Hmm? You represented Australia at wrestling, right? No, I, I made the Commonwealth team and then and then had to pull out. Yeah, because that fight was the coming fight, up. Yes. Yeah, so is that something that you want to continue to do? Or? Uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm continuing to compete in wrestling and, and anything else I can get my hands on. And uh, where that leads is where that leads. Obviously, my, my, my biggest priority at the moment is what I do for a living, yeah. is defending the belt and, and title and, and mixed martial arts. But um, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm still very happy competing. 
uh, in wrestling, in jiu-jitsu, in, in comps, and just taking it as it comes. Yeah, Fab, you, were you a national coach at that wrestling? I was with the national team. I wasn't like the national coach or anything like that. Yeah. Um, That's still pretty high level, though. Yeah, look, I, I, um, yeah, it was a really good time to learn a lot, like a lot of different stuff. It allowed me to travel to a lot of different countries and see how a lot of different coaches and a lot of different teams that uh, trained and their approaches to training, their approaches to nutrition. Um, I also spent a long time before, during that as well, I also spent a lot of time like traveling and paying my own way to go and see how different places train and how different coaches train. I've always had um, a very keen interest in that and I always put, you know, a, a percentage of my pay aside to uh, to for my own learning, for my own self-development, my mm-hmm. own intellectual property. So I was very fortunate to be able to train like all over the world and travel all over the world and train with different people and see how different different people train and how how how, how different people react to competitions and high level competitions and all, all that like so much stuff you know um that that became it has become very valuable now yeah you must have been a pretty good wrestler yourself though i wasn't that good of a wrestler to be honest with you uh i, I started late and i i at grappling i did a few small comps and this and that and not, not nothing to to be Nothing to brag about. The the reality. What about Prime Fab versus Prime Rob? Who wins? In what wrestling? I I believe that I would outgrapple Rob. Really? Yeah. In my, Rob, do you have any answers to this? Yeah, but if we could punch, if he could punch, <laughs> if, he could, if, if he could punch, he'd definitely beat me because I couldn't fight. No, no, but but the the reality is like, now combat wise, like I, I was never no nowhere near as talented as Rob or any of the guys that that we have in in our in our gym. Um, any of the guys that, that fight, I was never no, nowhere near as talented as them. Um, I also feel like, and this is just my personal thing, it's not a thing like, uh, you know, we talked a bit before, we said, oh, there were guys that come up that were 10 years too early, 10 years too late. For me, I, I had to, my, my decision was work and uni, and grappling was always, had to be number three. Mm. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. If I was coming up now, I would probably have seen that there is a path. Like say Jacob, for example, trains with us. He trains with us, but he works at the gym as well. And he makes a, a, a decent salary working at the gym, teaching jiu-jitsu yep. and being able to compete. That option wasn't really around for me. I'm not saying for other people, whatever, da, 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 for me. Uh, so I concentrate a lot more on, on my work which was running the, the, the wrestling stuff and running the, the, the mat, um, then getting a job teaching at TAFE and investing in, in being able to travel and coach. Yep. So when the, the two pathways came for me to coach um, and teach and learn versus me concentrating on competing, and some people can do both and good for you, I could not. Um, I had to look at which one I was gonna be better at and I, I believe I made the right decision. Like. I don't, I, and I don't think I'm the only coach, or coach one of the coaches like that 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 had those, those decisions that they had to make. You know, like you have to be realistic at at some point, with with it. And and I, I chose to go to university and work and run the mat and get involved with the national team with wrestling, mm. and um, so I never really got got the, I never really got any like great results or anything. And it was never, it was never like the the thing that, that I wanted to do above the, the other two. Like I wanted to finish university, I wanted to uh, secure a, a good job 
you know, at the time it was a TAFE. Um, so it was very, very different, very different um, pathways with Rob, you know. And again, if I, I didn't have like an overwhelming athletic ability that, you know, you could see from a million miles away. Like in fairness with Rob or the others, the, the talent level is much different. Yeah. So for him, if, we, if, the, if the roles were, were reversed, I'd say, man, you're fighting, you should invest in that. You yeah. Because you're going to go far. For me, it was um, the other way. And even the money that, I, that I'd get from work and everything, I knew that it would pay dividends later on to invest in intellectual property. So I'd get whatever money I have and I'd, I'd go and, and train like in Brazil or... Um, I went to Cuba, I went, I've been all over the world, you know, and so it's paid dividends immensely now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. All right, let's turn our attention to a couple of fights that I just want to pick your brain on. Just the situation, Rob, and how you kind of got out of it, and maybe you can add a bit of a perspective of what the corner was feeling at the time. So the first one was when you fought down in Melbourne against Brunson. Obviously, mm-hmm. it was a huge fight for you. That first minute, he came out like a thunderbolt until you hit him, I think, with a right hook, and then you obviously changed the momentum of the fight. Left hook. Left yeah. hook. There you go. So he remembers. Yeah. Hundred percent. So, but when you're in that situation, when you've got someone the same caliber as you, wanting to take your head off for that situation, obviously you're in, in a huge amount of adversity at the time. How do you combat that? Um, just stay cool. <laughs> that's the that's the thing. Like you just got to believe in your training, and in the fight, a lot of it is just instinctual. Like it's it's. And then, and it was like a muscle memory sort of thing. Yeah, and, then, and all the work and you've put in into that moment, it just will happen. It's like a kind of a roller coaster. You don't like in the fight. I wasn't like, man, how am I going to get out of this? Like, yeah. There's no, there's no room for those thoughts. It was just he just went mental, and I had to weather it until he stopped. And then when he, and then when he stopped, then I took advantage of that. Mm. All right, next fight, first fight against Romero. You know, your knee's mm. absolutely blown out. Mm. Second round, he's got you on the mat for the majority of the round. Yeah. When you got back during that round, obviously, how'd you get out of it first? And then what was your thoughts going into the corner? How, do I, how did I get out of being on my back? Yeah, we'll, get, we'll survive for, for starters. Um, I was... Surviving is... What, what do you mean by survive? Just not... Well, at that time, did you think that you were ever a chance of not making it out of the round? No. Nah. In which fight? Like, the first one. Like, at what point? Like, the second round? The second round. Where I was on my back. Well, you were on the back for a little bit, and obviously he was... He wasn't he, doing He probably anything. won the first two rounds, you probably think. Yeah, I, yeah maybe. maybe, maybe. I he, he, the first fight, I mean. The he, second round, he definitely won. At, at that time, I, I didn't... Yeah. How serious did you guys think the knee was? Did you, like, obviously... You I know? heard it before the fight. Oh, so <laughs> you carried it into the fight. So I, I, knew, I knew it wasn't great. Like... It was one of those things like where it was just, it was, it was like a, how, how, how long? Three weeks, four, a month, maybe? What happened was he fought Jacare. He fought Jacare and then he fought Romero six weeks after. Yeah. And um, he had a little few injuries going into the Jacare fight. He had the fight, although when you watch Jacare fight, it looks one-sided on Rob's thing, but mm. you still have to recover from, from a fight, you know? And so he, he still had... Things that were that were that were getting worse as things were. So he, he we we knew also that he couldn't take the time off because you know it's fluctuating so much and anything could happen. And then it did. And then they said, "Do you want Romero for for, for the, the interim interim yeah. belt?" And um, fuck, he had bad knee. 
and I think he had a bad shoulder too. And we said, what, what do you want? He said straight away, yes, I'll do it. Yeah. And um, that, so that was, that was the, the behind the scenes story going into that Romero fight. But honestly, the first round in the Romero fight, I think the judges did give it to Romero. But I, I was actually real happy with how it was going. And then the second round, I was happy with how it went too, but I knew that Rob lost it because Romero took him down. But I, I didn't, like we were happy with it because it was a long fight. Mm. And that's what, what, what you can actually, I say that to him, I think in the second round, I said to him, it's a, it's a long fight. Like it's, it's going good because by that stage, like the, uh, statistically, the, the knock, knockouts happen less and less the further the fight goes. Does, yeah. And Romero's a real big powerhouse, you know, so, and, and for him, Romero didn't want to stand up with Rob. You could see it, you know, like he was, and, and rightfully so, like he did the right, he had a really good game plan in the first fight, <coughs> Romero fought better than he did in the second fight, my yeah. opinion. Um, he had really good strategy. But he felt too far behind in the second fight. The second fight, he took a lot of damage too. And like he, it was more like the fact that he caught Rob a couple of times in the fight, a few times in the fight, but he wore a lot of damage. Like you, you hear people like, I don't know, you, uh, you hear people go, yeah, but you know, like he, he had Romero, Romero had him down and, and you know, the fight didn't end with Rob on the ground in the fifth round mm. and, and you know if, if there was no time limit he would have won it would, fuck man if there was no time limit the fight wouldn't have stopped in the first and second round and Romero would have had to keep fighting with a broken face with no break yeah when you see someone's orbital you've done that much damage to someone like what's the thoughts going through your head you don't know you, you, don't you just know. keep fighting you don't, you, you don't know no. yeah. but you could see it all puffed up you know, I could see his eyes and as soon as I saw his eye blob, I was like, I'm going to keep hitting that one. Yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, you lost your right, your right hand. So it was just what, kicks. Yeah. It had to be kicks from then on. Yeah, kicks and left hand. Yeah. So. Even, you know, when you're talking about the Brunson fight, I remember before the Brunson fight, because we do a lot of research on the guys that, that he's going to fight. And in the lead up to the Brunson fight, we saw how he had, like, the first round, how Brunson was compared to how he is in the second and third. Mm. Um, we got we paid a guy to do like the stats on Brunson. Yeah. So like all the stats of all his fights. Um, it was something we were kind of expecting because he had been on a tear and I knew that he would come in and try and think that he was going to take Rob out. He's a fast starter. Very fast starter. But I, I know that technically, no disrespect to him, but he, he's, his stand-up is not on the same, nowhere near on the same level as Rob's. Or when he fought Adesanya, like the, the the striking difference between Adesanya, Rob, and and Brunson is not it's, it's not on the same planet. You yeah. know what I mean? And as soon as they started, way before the left hook, as soon as the fight starts, if you watch a fight again, because we're, we're watching it, Rob sort of leans in and gives like a uppercut sort of jab thing, boom, and Brunson's head snapped right back. Yeah. This was right at the start of the fight. And Rob was so much faster than him. And you could, it was evident to me. As soon as he landed that, I thought, oh, fuck, this is going to be... He, like, I knew Brunson was either going to have to go mental there and then, or he's just going to get picked apart. And he went mental. And we were watching going, oh, fuck, you know, like, not, like, worried as in, like... Because uh, he wasn't landing them. He wasn't really landing no. them on you. He was, like, landing them on his arms. And, and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and we're watching it, and, like, like this. And then... Yeah, like Brunson didn't slow down; he fell off a cliff. Yeah. Do you get what I mean? And when he fell off a cliff, it was it was it was all over. Yeah, it was. That's a worse place to be. And and it happened again, kind of a bit different, but it happened with him and Israel as well. And the worst place you can be, 
is kind of gassed and unsure of yourself and second guessing yourself against a good striker. They're just going to like tee off on you. So, you know, the, the, the Brunson fight on New Brunson, this is not to say that he's not dangerous. He's super dangerous mm. in, in the areas where he's very strong. Yeah. You know, but that, 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 was, that was gone after about four minutes, three minutes. All right, gentlemen, let's wrap things up with, I should have probably asked you this at the start because this is a groundbreaking podcast. Yes. I should have asked you more about your podcast. How did the Grange TV kick off? I'll let you kick that one off because this was kind of your hatching idea at the time. No, we, we so at the time I was working at TAFE and we, we worked with different programs and we worked with different things. And so it was a way of uh, bringing exposure to the programs that we were running as well. Mm. Um, and but also keeping our own identity and not being restricted within the confines of, you know, bureaucracy and red tape that, you know, we wouldn't be able to talk as freely as we talk. Um, so it was that, all the programs that we were doing. And then also the fact that we wanted, with Rob and I would talking more and then we were saying, it's, it's good to have your own, be able to have your own voice, own voice. Yeah, you yeah. Know, and say what you want to say. Um, Rob's not the kind of guy that's going to go and do a podcast tour or, or, no. or, you know, get can control what's on it. Yeah. And then at the same time, they get to see, you know, personalities mm. that otherwise they wouldn't. And another, another thing is like, we were spending a lot of time together and we were having these conversations in the Just car. Just not recording like, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, the, like we literally would spend the whole day together. He'd come pick me up in the morning for training and then we'd hit the session, session, session. We'd end up spending like eight, nine hours yeah. of the day together. It was weird. <laughs> it got weird. <laughs> it got weird for that period of my life. But, but um, yeah, like we would have these conversations. We would talk about everything from from anything. Like how many people... That's what podcasts are about. It's yeah. just a relaxed environment to how do so. How many Mighty Mouse... How many Mighty Mouses? Mighty Mice? <laughs> How many Demetrius Johnsons? Yeah. Yeah. We'd take we'd, to what? Beat Rob beat up? Rumble. Oh, Rumble. Yeah. Like we'd have, what was the we'd, answer? It would be about fuck. 10. <laughs> 50. I think three. three then, then we started breaking it down even even further, being like, you know, the dynamic of fighting when you have more than one opponent starts to change. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. like a full technical discussion like, about it. Yeah. Have yeah. you enjoyed kind of flipping the switch? I saw you had like a psychologist on, like some different, like, Cool dudes, even Anthony Seabold, like I really enjoyed that podcast probably yeah. the most. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been great for me. Um, I didn't know how much I could gain from the podcast until like we started, uh, intellectually that is, until mm. we started really running it and, and having these guests on and then like sitting face to face with them. Like someone like you'd never really have time. With Seabold, for instance. With Seabold, to, to go to coffee and just be like, hey, can, can we talk about yeah. talk about your, your career, like how you coach? Like, yeah. You don't have these conversations with people. So to be able to be able to, to get it into a controlled environment and, and actually ask these questions and, and to learn through that, is, it's just, it's been amazing for me. The, you know? the, I agree with Rob, because that's, that's, that was a big thing for me as well, like just having the opportunity to be able to say to someone, hey, can you come and have a conversation? We'll have this, this conversation. Yeah. And because I recorded, I can go back and watch it. And so it's, it's a great learning tool for me. Mm. Um, and but you'll meet people you otherwise might not. hundred billion percent. Reach, you know? Mm. Billion percent. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the thing is, sometimes it's, you know, people, uh, the podcasts that I think are, are good don't Other get people, many views. Yeah, exactly. right? and, and so I, I don't really care about that. I, I just want to do stuff that, that I enjoy, that, that 
that I'm going to look at again, that I'm going to listen to again. There are some podcasts that, I, like, I'll go, fuck, I'll never listen to that one again. Yeah. But but there are others that might not even have that many views that that, that I... But it's amazing when your first few episodes, when you're just your mum and your, your girlfriend and your, your dog are listening. Fuck, I don't even think they listened. I don't mind watching this. But it grows, you know, people catch on yeah. and, and they it, start And it's fun. It. Like, it, it's like I'm thoroughly enjoying it, like having these conversations and yeah. just talking. It's just, you start to really enjoy it and you learn so much. And, as well as it, like another, another really strong point was that we do get our voice out there. Like that, that, that yeah. was huge because like, especially in the sport that I mean, where everyone tries to shit on you. Yeah. Like, uh, but it's good. You can always, you know, plug. You well, know. Kaplan. Kaplan Holmes. Kaplan, we need more so mugs. No, it's a good way <laughs> to support your sponsors and stuff Dude, like this, that as well, you know? The, honestly, the Kaplan Homes now, they're going to they're gonna build a, the studio here for mm. us in where we're sitting. Um, do they do all these houses? Because I remember, built, I remember being out this house. area. Yeah. Yeah. I just come out for footy for St. Greg's quite a bit. Mm. So that was a long time ago now, but this was all bush. Yeah. yeah. So Kaplan has, I don't know how many houses mm. a year they build, but they're... Oh, oh, a lot. My first sponsor as well. Yeah. Was that your first manager as well? Yeah. 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 yeah oh, you had a manager before that, but first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. First, first sponsor. Like, and, and they, they also they also helped me get my home and yeah. Like, was one of those things that's outside of fighting that you, a lot of people don't see that that helped me get everything on track so that I could do so well in in. It's important for the inner circle. Yeah. Like, it's massive. Yeah, for sure. Massive. People don't get it. And yeah, so he's he's putting he's going to build a. The studio and that okay. here for us. Mm. Um, so what's it going in in this area? In this you, room here, like behind you us. Do an extension? Is that what's no, no, no. He's or gonna just going to fix yeah, yeah, the studio thing. here. Um, and like they, you know, that's we we again. I never thought. Oh, when we have the podcast, we're going to have the studio here and da 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 da. Like yeah. But it's one of those things that started to work out and it started to go to go well. Yeah. Have you both had a thought about someone that you would like to interview? On the podcast, man, there's there's a heaps of people. Huge, a huge list. list. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if you can recommend any of your people like, we, that you've we, had because he's had heaps of. Yeah, amazing I told you, Alex McKinnon. Man, I, I've rung Alex. Did you ring Alex? I've rung you many times, mate. I've spoken to you. <laughs> Do you want me to send Alex a message, <laughs> mate? I've spoken to him face to face. What did he say? <laughs> like, did he say? You guys will be perfect. Here. He's like, like Alex, yeah, what's it? Alex, come on, man. Come on, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think no, I think he had he had a he had a child. Yeah, he did. Actually. Yeah, he had a child, child, and um, he was a bit busy with with all of that kind of stuff and everything. But I'd love to have Alex McKinnon on the show. Yeah, I think Alex would work. Well. Yeah, yeah, and then anyone, like anyone that's got a cool story and, and that, that, that that'd be Something fantastic. Yeah, please. Yeah, there are people that, yeah, that, that I'd just love to have on the on the on the podcast. Yeah, I reckon just even away from MMA. Like uh, they're, they're the best ones, definitely. I reckon, for you definitely. too, because you always know so much about MMA already. Yeah. You can just get a p- different perspectives from different. Life. Also, that's not what we want. Like, we, we don't want to just have this like just MMA thing. Like, it's not it's not really what. Um, like, like Rob said before, like it's not what you want to define ourselves as. You know, it's not like an MMA podcast per se. Yeah. Yeah, of course, it's going to be about MMA a lot of the times because of Rob's background and. Oh, you can mix it up. Like yeah. you did that show yesterday where you talked about a lot about the fights from the weekend yeah. and things like that, and then obviously you can do. Some different podcasts. Yeah, no, we like really this. enjoy getting away from the MMA scene yeah. and, and, and picking the brains of other, other coaches, athletes, just people. Yeah, nice. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, this has been groundbreaking, eh? 
It's been 90 minutes where we've gone a podcast within a podcast. So (laughs) I do appreciate you inviting me in, boys. It's been fantastic. No worries. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, boys. Thanks for having me on your podcast. Thank you.